what a day it has been in the FIFA World Cup qualifiers with 24 nations securing qualification to the Mundial in Qatar. And as always, wherever you are tuning in from across the six continents of the world, on the African continent, North America, South America, Caribbean, Asia, Europe, New Zealand, Australia, Oceania, welcome to the most exciting, informative, and educative sports show on the calling platform. Today is indeed a beautiful and a lovely day. And let me know where you are tuning in from. As always, I'm coming your way from Accra in Ghana on a day like this when our show is officially on Spotify and Apple Podcast. As always, encourage your friends, tell a friend to tell a friend to listen, subscribe, share, and enjoy the most exciting show, the FIFA World Cup podcast. And as we build up to Qatar 2022, on today's episode, we'll continue with our discussions on the fixtures and standings from the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022, qualifying from the six continents. 24 nations have secured their places at Qatar 2022, as well as Oceania and South America. Join us to learn more on this episode. Just before I continue with my submissions for the day, I would want my able guest and partner to join me as we, I pick his initial thoughts and submissions on the show. Mr. Justin Akowa, good evening and welcome. On a day like this when the clock has turned in England, how are you feeling and how is the feeling like and the general euphoria around the World Cup? qualification games well um good evening philip and i hope you are also doing well um for england i mean even though we are far away we still and 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 even though we are far away and we did not have as much hope as we had in the black stars back then they've been able to do the seemingly impossible enough given the given the country their fourth qualification to the World Cup. So I believe that's a great feat. Um, most African countries haven't qualified that much. Even Nigeria, the almighty footballing nation, have qualified six times. So for a pretty new, for a pretty um, foreign or a new team in terms of qualification, 2006, 2010, 2014, and now 2022, I believe it's a great feat and it's something that we should be we should be very grateful for definitely it is something we should be very grateful for but moving moving beyond your beloved nation ghana have you followed the other qualifiers across asia europe uh, ronaldo's portugal have qualified lewandowski's poland have qualified and uh, in asia today uae also secured their playoff spot with uh, uh, australia that we played later in June in Qatar, what do you make of the other? Just a, a brief, a brief, a brief thought on the qualification across the other five continents. Well, I mean, um, I think that I think that every everyone expected to qualify has has been able to do it and secure. And the ones who are able to, who have been able to secure their playoff spots have been able to because, as we all know, UAE are a growing footballing nation, trying to mix dual nationals with their um, countrymen to be able to form 
some sort of formidable footballing um, squad. So we are we are proud of them for their progression. For Portugal, for Cristiano Ronaldo, we know that his country is is his country is the is is known is known for the big stage and for their eighth qualification to the World Cup. This is this is something great. But then it won't be it will be it will be very denting because they've been they've been qualifying to the World Cup through the playoff um routes. But then none, nonetheless they've still been able to make a World Cup yet again and we'll see Cristiano Ronaldo in Qatar. And definitely and the teams we are going to see in Qatar in alphabetical order is Argentina, Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Croatia, Denmark, Ecuador, England, France, Germany, Ghana, Iran, Japan, Korea, Netherlands, Qatar, Poland, Portugal, Saudi Arabia, Senegal, Serbia, Spain, Switzerland, Uruguay. More games are currently ongoing. Let me give you an update of the results that happened today. Senegal held Dianef once again in a penalty shootout as they defeated Egypt 3-1 to secure a spot at the upcoming FIFA World Cup. And it's party for Ghana as they secured a fourth appearance at the FIFA World Cup since 2006 after the 1-1 draw in Abuja with the Super Eagles. Ghana progressed on the away goal rules. And the match day 10 brought the curtains down for the Asian qualifiers with Qatar, South Korea, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Japan heading to the World Cup. UAE and Australia are set to meet in the Asian playoff match day 10. So Japan draw 1-1 with Vietnam. Iran beat, beating Lebanon by two goals to nil. Syria drawing 1-1 with Iraq. UAE beating Korea by a lone goal. Oman beating China by two goals to nil. And Saudi Arabia beating Australia by a lone goal. Games currently ongoing. Algeria trailing Cameroon by a goal to nil. It's 1-1 and that game may be adding into the extra time. And Tunisia also have secured qualification after a goalless draw in Tunis. In Tunis. Meanwhile, Morocco have also secured qualification beating DR Congo 4-1 and qualifying 5-2 on aggregate on aggregate i will be taking highlights of today's game between the super eagles of nigeria and the black stars of ghana in abuja then we'll come back into the studios to hear from mr kowa his detailed analysis of the games to you from uh, abuja the uh, mushuta abiola national stadium here is the scene for this decisive World Cup qualifying playoff second leg between Nigeria and Ghana. That's a party. Hits it well. It's gone in. It's gone in under the goalkeeper. And Thomas Party gives Ghana the lead here. A stunned silence descends on the stadium in Abuja because the Black Stars have that precious away goal. Serious Lukman. Down he goes, big appeals for a penalty for the Nigerian supporters. The referee is going to come across and have a look at this. Does he play the ball? It's a very difficult call for the referee. 
It's a penalty. Nigeria have the spot kick. Trust they come from the spot. Confidently dispatched. Wollacott went the other way. And the skipper makes it 1-1. Nigeria right back in this. It tibbled. Low ball into the middle. And there's the overhead kick from Victor Ozimhen. Well, that would have been sensational. Passy forward. Right ball for Ozimhen. Oh, he tries the spectacular effort. Victor Ozimhen, it wasn't far away. That would have been a sensational goal. And Ghana have done it. Ghana have qualified for the World Cup. They have beaten their West African rivals, Nigeria, on away goals after a tense second leg here in Abuja. Yes, Mr. Kowa, what do you make of that scoreline in Abuja? First, the tactical accuracy of coach Otoado. Well, um, Otoado started with a 4 2 3 1. Um, with which this kind of formation wasn't really doing um, wonders for him after Thomas Partey scored. And poorly, um, we can we can credit Thomas Partey for attempting to shoot, but then a very a very very bad a very very bad attempt of a save from Nigeria's goalkeeper Francis Uzoho. But then talking about the four two three one, you could tell that um, Idrisu Baba and Idrisu Baba and Thomas Partey weren't weren't quite doing it in the midfield as Etebo and Onyeka were bossing them. And with Egwabon letting allowing Joe Joe Aribo to play in the number ten position, um, instead of Ihe Nacho, it made it made the Nigerians more fluid in terms of going forward, with which with which they, they were stretching the 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 um, Ghana's back line a lot. Victor Ozime was quite he was more influential tonight um with how the Nigerians played and he was and he was always he was always running alongside um Jiku Jiku because he felt like he felt like these people will be able to make mistakes in terms of 50-50 balls. But then you could tell that Eguavon was quite was quite um the the most superior coach in the first half. But for me what I am proud of now was to Ado really being able to make three changes um, as a coach for Ghana in the um, right before the second half um, began, and that was a very very brave call to move to a five three two and introduce a midfielder such as Elisha Owusu, bringing on Andy Adam, shifting shifting Dennis Odoi to the left wing back, and and I think he brought on who did he bring? I think he brought on another player. He brought on another player um, in terms of to replace Fatal Isahaku. That was Daniel Kofitre. So then you could you could tell that he needed the mental stability to be able to stop a table because as we all know, a table, a table from time whenever he features for Nigeria, he's a massive engine and he's very solid going forward, making runs a lot. And and with and, and, and with, with this kind of change, you could tell that Francis, hey, sorry, August Eguapon was feeling the pressure. And also decided to bring in um, more more players who could who could threaten in terms of Moses Simon, Ahmed Musa, um, Umar Sadiq. He brought on Shehu Abdullahi too as well. So then you could you could you could tell that the 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 Nigerians needed more attackers to counter to them to counter what 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 um, Otto Adu threw onto the onto the um, 
onto the pitch. And you could you could you could see that apart from a table making late runs into the boxes um, to meet crosses, um, Ghana was preaching and pretty much sorted at the back. And they actually, for me, I was I was quite impressed because this is the first time in a while Ghana did well in defending crosses. It was amazing. It was it was it was beautiful. Quite impressive to look at, and um, in terms of winning almost all the almost all the uh, aerial aerial duels um with which with which was thrown to them and i believe this is one of the this is one of the best performances i've seen from a, a Ghanaian away team in a very difficult match against difficult opposition um um african west african rivals to be precise so i believe that for Otto Adu and um his his second game as black stars head coach this is very, very impressive to look at. Yes, this is impressive to look at, but something that left a sour taste in the mouth of many Ghanaian fans was the penalty call from the referee on the day. Do you think that foul uh, Dennis Odai committed on the Nigerian marksman was worth the penalty? Well, it's for me... It it did it did it did look like a foul. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was a soft penalty, but then the but then the the, the referee had a lot of a lot of help from the VAR, and you could you could tell that it was it was it was thoroughly checked. So uh, maybe maybe it was maybe it was a penalty, but for me I believe I believe the the referee had it right this time because we were leaning into strongly on Ademola Lukman um, in the box. And you know for Ademola Lukman, he has been doing this quite a lot in the EPL and it's very, very hard to get the ball off him. Um, off him sorry. So I think it was it was a pretty um, good decision. Tight, but yeah, it was a good Just at the blast of the whistle, we saw ugly scenes at the Abuja Stadium with the Nigerian fans invading the pitch and attacking the Ghanaian contingents and anything they, they could lay their hands on, they were literally using it and destroying and causing mayhem at the stadium. Mr. Kowa, what is your general assessment of what transpired at the stadium? Um, and for the purposes of my cherished audience and listeners, uh, the Ghanaian contingents are, have, have been weeks to safety and they are currently in their hotel at the Sheraton in Abuja. Well, I believe this 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 is a good look for African football in general and for Nigeria because the Moshu Abiola Stadium in Abuja was recently renovated by um Nigerian businessman Ali Kodangote. And you could you could tell that there has been a lot of work done on it as Nigeria haven't played it in quite a while. So you you must you must see we, we must all think about these 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 kind of um situations that as Africans, we shouldn't we we shouldn't um turn to destruction of property in terms of national property, and that was a very very bad thing um, to do because um as as neighboring countries um we should be we should be quite peaceful and we should be able to handle our our disappointments and better and um, better and actually more more um more elegant ways, but then. For me, I believe, I believe that I believe that they felt like um, Nigeria weren't able to handle the pressure 
even though we all felt Ghanaians were under the coach for quite some while. But then the Nigerians too were very, very were very, very receptive to what what they were what they could have been able to do. Because for nine strikers and zero open um, open play goals, it is it is quite disappointing. But the the fans too have to have to um, reflect on what they did today because the Nigerian government have done quite a lot. Yet another game that was disappointing in terms of fans' behavior was the Senegal-Egypt game at the start Abdullah Wad Stadium with the Senegalese fans directing laser into the eyes of the Egyptian players throughout the game, the duration of the game and during the penalty shootout. Before we take excerpts of that game, Mr. Kua, just give me a brief reaction to that incident given the fact that we're also talking about the incident that happened in Abuja. Philip, you 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 and I you and I are very aware um if if our if our viewers aren't aware of this um that the North Africans are actually the masters of um using laser um, the green laser lights to be able to distract opponents whenever they come onto their turf. So I believe that the Senegalese gave them a taste of their own medicine. Even though it wasn't a nice thing, the Senegalese fans had to do what, what was um, equally necessary for them to be able to go to the World Cup. So, um, even though it was a bad thing, I believe it worked this time around. And Senegal have been able to um, get, um, acquire a spot to be able to go to the World Cup in Qatar later on this year. Yes, let's take excerpts of that game from the start Abdullah Wad Stadium in Senegal as Senegal beat Egypt 1-0 in regulation time and the game ending 1-1 on aggregate and eventually Sergio Mane getting the better of his Liverpool teammate Mohamed Salah. Sergio Mane scored the winning goal as Senegal won the African Cup of Nations. Tonight, he scored the winning goal that sent Senegal to the World Cup in Qatar. Let's take excerpts of that moment. World Cup is here already. This is knockout football at its very best. The champions of Africa against the team they beat to win their first title. What can they do here? In it comes then. Towards the goal. And it's a charge and in! And exactly the same minute. The Senegal went behind in the first leg. They have come back to level it up in the second through Bull idea. He's always trying to come back inside. Chance! Well, that's two chances he's had since he came on. Sadio Mane, could be a chance. It's Meliasar, it's wide. Full time at the end of the 90 minutes here at the Stad. May Embolai Wade, and we are heading for extra time. They've qualified for the World Cup one more time in Senegal. In it comes, Robin Driss again, and there's the chance for Cissé. And this time it does provoke the save for Mohamed El Shanawi. Forward by Sis. Nice ball. Sadio Mane's onto it. Yasser Ibrahim in front of him once more. Takes him on again. Beats him again. Surely! El Shanawi saves it. And after the final of the Africa Cup of Nations, they went all the way to the end, into the shootout. Qualification for the World Cup is going to go the same way. Salah then against Mendy and he's missed it. 
How cool and calm and collected is he? Sadio Mane sends Senegal to the World Cup for the third time in their history. And the first time they've done it back to back. That is the moment Senegal secured back-to-back qualification to the World Cup. Remember, Senegal, after qualifying and performing extraordinarily very well at the 2002 Korea-Japan World Cup, it took them a long time to come back. They came back only in Russia 2018. And this year, they return again to the Mundial. Mr. Kowa, what is your general assessment of the first 90 minutes of the game and as well as the extra time and penalty shootout? Well, we we all saw how the Pharaoh started in Cairo um, in the first leg with which they were playing at a very, very, um, very, very intense tempo. That was what the Senegalese did. And for Bulai, they had the... The attacker from Villarreal, who who started who started this game after not starting the first leg, he was he was able to repay the favor Alusisi gave to him by scoring a very very good header, and and I believe that and I and I and I believe that um, this was what Carlos Queiroz probably wasn't planning because I mean as as you are a home as you are a home team you are supposed to get off on the right foot. And then it is up to the opponent to try to stop you from settling. But then you could tell that the the fans, the players, they were all gingered up um, from the Taranga Lions' camp. They were all gingered up for this tie and they were able to make it count in the first 90 minutes in their new stadium too as well. And now moving on onto the moving on onto the um extra time, you could tell that the Egyptians had relaxed in terms of and being able to play out, and they were more conservative as compared to the 90 minutes, with which the Senegalese were doing everything possible to be able to make it and qualify before the penalty shootout. But then there were there were you could you could tell there were some great saves that El Shanawi pulled, and um, which was able to keep um, the Ferros into the game, forcing a penalty shootout between the two teams. And as we all know, the same thing happened yet again, but in this time in very pretty unusual fashion where the first four penalties in the penalty shootout were missed. Um by I think some of them were missed by big players. That's the that's the um the Senegalese captain Khalid Koulibaly as well as Liverpool captain um, Liverpool Liverpool attacker Mohamed Salah. Um and then you could you could tell that the pressure really really was on the Pharaohs this time as they weren't able to do their normal them do their or execute their normal style of taking penalties, which they had. They were they, they usually score everything. You could um, Mustafa Mohamed, their striker, missed. Ahmed Vizu also missed. So then it was it was it was a very quite it was it was quite a difficult time for the Ferus in Dakar. And congratulations to Senegal for securing a World Cup spot once again. Definitely, congratulations to all the teams that have secured. World Cup qualification. Mr. Kowa, I'll be coming back to you to get your reactions of the Morocco-DR Congo game, Tunisia-Mali, and currently Cameroon-Algeria. That game is already heading into extra time. I'd like to give my Asian lovers and, and listeners excerpts of the games in the Asian qualifiers. Arib Abdullah's first international goal kept United Arabs Emirates Asian qualifiers dream alive 
in a 1-0 win over the already qualified South Korea Republic at the Al Maktoum Stadium on Tuesday. Let's take excerpts of that game at the Al Maktoum Stadium. The final match day in Group A of the AFC Asian Qualifiers and the UAE have it all to do against already qualified Korea Republic. A win will see them claim their tickets to the playoffs, a draw or defeat, and it all rests on Iraq's result. Korea Republic remain unbeaten and won the reverse fixture 1-0. As we're into the 35th minute and finally a chance for one of these teams to attack. Harib Abdullah Almazi carries the ball forward and it's straight at the keeper Joe Hyun Woo. Easy for the Korean keeper. Now the game has started to open up and it's Korea Republic going forward now. Nice skill there on the left. The ball driven across but no one just to tap it in. Kwon Chang-hoon it was with this lovely nutmeg and a ball into the corridor of uncertainty. Now coming up towards half-time, corner swung in, it's punched clear and then back here with interest and off the bar there. Brilliant from Wang Hee-chan. Nearly catching the goalkeeper out here but agonisingly off the woodwork and away. Great efforts. Half-time nil-nil, a game that improved as time went on. As it stands, the UAE still holding on to third place in the group. Now, 54th minute, and perhaps a chance out of nothing here as Harib Abdullah Almazi. He takes it forward, and that's a tremendous finish. He slots it beautifully on his first start for his country. And what an important goal that is. Lovely finish from the youngster, completely against the run of play, but they won't care. Korea Republic flying forward now, trying to keep up their unbeaten record. The ball comes in from the right and off the bar. Huang Weijo getting the header in, but it's a fingertip save, I think, from Halid Issa Almazmari. It is tremendous stuff. Still 1-0 to the UAE with just over seven minutes to go. Korea Republic on the attack, the header down. And Halid Issa Almazmari does it again. What a performance from the UAE keeper. A really safe pair of hands as we see this header knocked down just away from the attacker closing in. 91st minute now, Son Hyung Min with the free kick. It's deflected and another save from Halidisa Almazmari. Surely the man of the match here. As a backs to the wall performance by the UAE means they snatch the 1 0 win and go into the playoff versus Australia. That is it, as UAE secure a playoff spot against Australia. Vietnam secured a historic point to round off their AFC Asian qualifiers Group B campaign after surviving a second-half onslaught to end a 1-1 draw against FIFA World Cup-bound Japan at the Saitama Stadium in Japan on Tuesday. Let's take excerpts of that game. It's ended 1-1. There's a celebratory mood in the Saitama Stadium as an already qualified Japan side take on Vietnam on the final match day of Group B. Japan have won six on the bounce to secure their place at the World Cup. Vietnam have lost eight of their nine games despite some good displays. And top scorer Nguyen Tien Lin is out injured today, making their task even tougher. Japan coming forward, they've bossed these early stages. Out on the right-hand side of the area could be a chance. 
Haraguchi lines up the shot off target though they're yet to test the keeper Nguyen Tran but the home side well on top here in Saitama it's a corner a rare one for Vietnam and it's headed into the back of the net Nguyen Tan Bin heads it home the defender was up there to put Vietnam ahead it's very much against the run of play but it's clinical from Vietnam and Japan's run of five games without conceding is over Nice dribbling on the right-hand side. Cross chipped in and headed off target. Hatate it was, wide from the Celtic player. Good work on the right wing from Kubo. And again, it leads to nothing for Japan. In towards the D. The shot again wide of the upright. Japan just can't get it on target today. It was Shibasaki into Haraguchi. Japan with a chance on to get it into the area. And they do so. Ueda, an excellent block from Nyok Haiki in the Vietnam defence. Really good defending from the number three. 12 shots to one in the first half, but Japan trail. No signs of the home team letting up since the interval. It's in towards Haraguchi, has a shooting chance. Oh, and it's filled by the keeper, and Yoshida's there to equalise for Japan. The shot was fumbled by the keeper, and Yoshida, the defender, gets his 12th goal for his nation. Took it so well with quick reactions. Haraguchi's shot initially on target. Japan a level. In towards Junior Ito. Drops the shoulder. Oh, and scoops the shot over the crossbar. The final shot off target. He scored the winner in the reverse fixture. Couldn't keep that one down. Cross coming in. It's punched away. Players down in the area. Still a chance for Japan. That's a nice cross towards the back post. Taraguchi and Yoshida's missed it. How on earth did he put that one wide? Two defenders up there for Japan, but neither could score. Great save from the keeper in there as well. Japan with two goals ruled out in the second half, but no winner. Their disappointment temporary though, as they'll be off to the World Cup. Vietnam can celebrate a fantastic defensive effort. That is it for that game. Yet another game. The Islamic Republic of Iran completed their AFC Asian qualifiers shadow in style eliminating Lebanon from playoff contention with a 2-0 victory at the Imam Reza Stadium on Thursday. Let's pick excerpts of that. Iran are battling for top spot in their final match of Group A, whilst opponents Lebanon need to win to keep their slim hopes of a playoff spot alive. Iran haven't lost a home World Cup qualifier since 2012 though, and they're full of confidence having already qualified for the finals. They did however need two late goals to edge past Lebanon last time. It's a high cross from Jehan Baksh, it's headed back but only as far as Asmoon. The shot's well over the top in the end. Iran looking menacing in the early stages. Nurafkan skips a challenge. He's got Johan Baksh as the option, uses him, good low shot, and the keeper gets down to it. Mustafa Matar tested for the first time inside 20 minutes. Johan Baksh missed the last game, making an impact here though. Kanani, 1-2 with Naraf Khan. It's Kanani's ball into the box, and Asmoon's there to apply the finish. Iran leads, 35 minutes into the game. Kanani's pass carved through the Lebanon defence. The ball was brilliant and the finish was not bad either from Sardar Azmoun. Lebanon making a foray forward. We haven't seen much of them down this end in the first half, but that's a nice ball into the box for Zayn. Fires it over at the near post to number five. Well, that's the best effort we've seen from Lebanon in the first half. Iran lead at the break, but Lebanon did finish off strongly in the first 45 minutes. 
Ball across. Oh, it's a miscontrol from Nurulahi. Shooting chance for Lebanon. El Helwi sent goalkeeper Bayram Van sprawling there, but it was wide of the upright. Oh, it looked for a second as though Iran's pass to be intercepted, but they're still going into the penalty area. And Matar gets down to make a low stop again. Yehan Baksh denied. Kanani, what's he got on? He looks long and very long indeed towards Aliveza Yehan Baksh. Controls the long ball. Oh, and that is a touch of class from the Feyenoord man. Just cushioned the volley into the corner beautifully. The long ball from Kanani, his second assist of the day as it turns out. Jahan Baksh bringing it down and just finishing it off perfectly. A 12th international goal for Aleveza Jahan Baksh. Ball out wide, Iran still going here. Lebanon struggling to make any kind of impact. It's across the goal. Keeper gets down to it once again. Matar, a busy game for him. Lebanon's hopes are over though. Iran run out comfortable winners and they'll be in the pots for a third successive World Cup. Mr. Kowa, what are your thoughts on the Asian qualifiers and Asia as a continent at the World Cup? Do you think they are contenders to win the ultimate, especially for the second time that has been hosted on the continent after Japan, well, Korea? Well, in terms of contenders to win, not really, but... For Paulo Bento and his men um, of the UAE, they've come. They've come a long way. Um, no, sorry. I think Paulo Bento is coach of the South Korean team, and they they've come a long way to make this possible. And con- congratulations to them for qualifying. And also, I would I would I would commend Iran too for being for being ever consistent in their for being ever con- consistent in in terms of their qualification um, with. With Sada Azmoun, their striker, who used to play for Zenit, and is now at Bayer Leverkusen, and Alireza Yahanbashk, who was at Brighton and is now at Feyenoord. So, congratulations to them as well. So, I believe that for the Japanese and for for the Japanese and for the South Koreans, they were doing a bit of mix and match in this last um, game week to be able to test their teams for the upcoming World Cup, even. As they've already qualified, so I believe that they have found positives in terms of attacking, but they have a lot of work to do in, in heading 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 to the World Cup in in um, in November. So I mean, we 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 are we are probably going to see a shocker from uh, from South Korea or or Japan, but for Qatar or Oman. Sorry, Qatar or UAE, we are hardly going to see any. But then we hope that these these um, these less popular footballing nations will be able to pull shockers. And I mean, that's what the beautiful game is all about. And we we all love a fairy tale story of a team that way, um, that way from grass to grey. So we hope to see the Asian representation too at the World Cup, representing their continent very, very Definitely. Let me give our audience a bit of roundup on the games to expect today and what has happened so far in the qualifiers. Across Europe, Poland beat Sweden by two goals to nil with Robert Lewandowski and Zainleski providing the two goals for Poland. 
and that means we will not be seeing Zlatan Ibrahimovic at the World Cup. And a brace from Manchester United midfielder Bruno Fernandes saw them dispatch North Macedonia comfortably with a 2-0 victory. What should we expect in the South American qualifiers later in the next few hours? Bolivia will be taking on Brazil. Chile will be taking on Uruguay. Ecuador will be taking on Argentina. Peru will be taking on Paraguay. Venezuela will be taking on Colombia. And games currently ongoing is currently 1-1. Algeria, Cameroon is 1-1 with Toba scoring an equalizer for Algeria in the 118th minute of the game after Chopo Moten gave the indomitable Lions the 22nd minute lead. Morocco beat DR Congo 4-1 in Casablanca with that game ending 5-2 on aggregate. Tunisia were held to a goalless draw in Tunis, but Tunisia already had a long goal advantage from the first leg in Bamako. Mr. Kowa, what is your general assessment of the current games that are played on the African continent in terms of Morocco, Tunisia, and the Algeria-Cameroon game? Well, Valid Hali Hotsich has done it again, ensuring another World Cup qualification for yet another country. And that's an impressive feat by, by, the, by the coach in terms of his 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 pedigree and his coaching career. So congratulations to him. Um, I believe that the the Atlas Lions didn't give the Leopards a sniff in in in, in Morocco in this return leg. Even though Hector Hector Cooper decided to change things, play with a three back, um, play with Cedric Bakambu up front and, and pairing him with Yuan Visa and also um Eshak um Meshak um earlier of BSC Young Boys. So then you could see that Hector Cooper was doing a lot of um, mixes in terms of his attacking parties, but then it was no, it didn't, it didn't happen enough, it didn't happen well for them because the Moroccans were on a different level today. And I think this is this is the first time in quite a while that they've been able to score this many goals at home, even though they have sometimes they do have some solid home games, but then. This was an impressive outing from the Atlas Lions, giving, giving, um, giving the Congolese no chance to um, to even have a sniff of qualification. And talking about Mali, I mean, it is a disappointing and a very and and a and a, and a disappointing thing for them to do right now because we all know how Mali is good in terms of youth football, in terms of in in terms of their style of play, in terms of um, the way the country is blessed with very, very talented mid, uh, midfielders, but then the Tunisians have done it again, securing another qualification to the World Cup. Because, well, I believe that in, in this return leg, like, they, they they decided to play a very, very compact game and actually left the ball for Mali to do everything. Um, Samaseku, who's, who's, a, who's a very talented midfielder, did well today playing in a and playing in a 4-1-4-1 formation for the Malians, allowing Eve Bisuma and the other and the other attackers to be able to make something happen. But then it was it was it was quite a difficult outing for the for the Malians as as they couldn't make a count in Tunisia. And now Tunisia have made yet another another um, appearance at the World Cup. You can you can we can also praise the Tunisians for being quite solid in terms of qualification. Such a 
such a such a such a wonderful team. And I think for me, they are they are one of the most underrated teams in Africa because they really do not have the most they do not have the most talented players we know of, but then they really do they really do perform well as a as a unit. And it is it is it is credit to it is credit to the kind of technical technical coaching they've had um, um for for these years. So congratulations to these two North Africans and and maybe just maybe the Algerians too can also sneak in with um, with the qualification quite soon. Yes, definitely. And two nations that have sneaked in with qualification from the UEFA zone, that is from Europe, is Poland and Portugal. Lewandowski stepping up when it matters most and Cristiano Ronaldo bringing his leadership to bear. Is this the year we get to see Cristiano Ronaldo and Portugal lift the World Cup at the World, at, 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 later in Qatar? Well, it is... It is it is it is quite a difficult thing. It's quite a difficult thing to happen, um, and we all know that the Portuguese are probably not the most informed team right now to be able to make it to the to um to to worry teams at the World Cup as 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 there are more as there are more solid solid options in the names of Argentina and the names of um in the names of Brazil in the name in the name of Netherlands um the English. And probably, probably the French. So then, they really have a lot of work to do. And Ronaldo, if if Ronaldo will have to will have to qualify, will have to qualify then, or to win the to win the World Cup, it will be a very very, um, very great feat for such a such a talented forward because he is one of the greatest we've ever seen. And a World Cup, a gold World Cup medal, will do them would would do them quite. Quite great. Definitely. A quick roundup of the South American qualifiers. Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, Ecuador have secured their spots at the Mundial. What do you make of the South American prowess at the World Cup? Well, for me, I believe that I believe that they they have they, they probably have one of the toughest aside um, aside the aside the African the African way of qualifying for the World Cup, because if you've if you've if you've looked at if you've looked at teams such as Ecuador, they have come from far in terms of um, producing youth players, and now they've been they've been able to they've been able to um, um, play as play as a unit and made another World Cup, and it is and it is and it is quite a testament to what the South American South American talents have to do, because now they've qualified ahead of. Chile and possibly Colombia, which um, which um, two of those teams are fighting for a, um, a playoff spot alongside Peru. So then it will be it will be it 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 is it is quite a crazy thing. It is quite a crazy thing for us. Um, for for the Argentines, dear me, they've been they've been in solid form. Probably probably one of probably one of people's favorites to win the World Cup this year for the Brazilians too. Tite has been quite great, and I think that he says he he says he's he's going to step down after this World Cup. But how? But I think that for the work he has been he has done since he took over um, after Luis Felipe Scolari, um, I believe that the Brazilians to have a very very good shot at the World Cup this year. So then, 
So then I believe I believe that there there's a lot of there's a lot of experience coming in from from the Brazilians and that flair that we have missed. And they have some in the name of Rodrigo De Paul, in the names of Vinicius Junior, Anthony, Rafinha, Neymar, Coutinho. So then we are we are we are hoping to see these great teams and we are also we are also we are most likely going to see a last dance for the the Uruguayans in this World Cup for Ed, Edinson Cavani and Luis Suarez. So then I believe that the South Americans have a lot to offer this year. Definitely. Mr. Kowa, as always, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. To my cherished audience and listeners, we definitely have a long way to go as we get ready for the World Cup. On this show, we'll be interviewing the players, the coaches, and we'll be profiling all 32 teams and their prospects at the Mundial later in Qatar. Definitely, wherever you're tuning in to this episode from, I want to know in the comment section where you're tuning in, where you're doing the listening, especially on a beautiful day like this when 24 nations have secured their qualification to the Mundial and we await the rest of the others, other countries as well. As well, tonight, your show, your most authoritative sports show is officially on Spotify and on Apple Podcast. So tell a friend to tell a friend to keep doing the listening, sharing, subscribing, and enjoying your most authoritative sports show on the calling platform. I leave you with official signature tune and the official anthem of FIFA, which will be welcoming teams to the Mundial, hopefully later this year at Qatar. As always, keep winning. Stay blessed.